This is the Bouquet Toss Podcast, brought to you by the Budget Savvy Bride. We're here to help you figure out what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Join founder Jessica Bishop and editor Sari Wienerman as we unpack wedding trends and traditions to help you plan a wedding that feels authentic to you. So before you get cold feet, let's dive right in. At The Budget Savvy Bride, we love working with companies that make your wedding planning simple, savvy, and stress-free. And today's sponsor will do just that. If you're looking for a different kind of bridal brand, check out Vowed Weddings. Vowed's collection of wedding dresses offers amazing quality and style at prices that won't break the bank. 70% of their collection is under a thousand bucks, so there's plenty of savvy styles to choose from. They're also a brand with a mission. They've pledged to give 1% of their sales to charities that build confidence and educate the next generation of incredible women. That's something we can really get behind. Visit vowedweddings.com today to browse their collections, schedule a virtual appointment, and take advantage of their Try at Home program. Again, visit vowedweddings.com, V-O-W-D, weddings.com. Happy planning. One of the most important aspects of making savvy wedding decisions is that they reflect who you are, what you believe, and what you stand for. A beautiful way to incorporate these things into your day is by writing your own vows. This is a trend that is incredibly meaningful and personal, making your wedding a true celebration of you and your partner. We know that writing vows can be tricky, stressful, even time-consuming, so we want to demystify the process to help you write vows that you'll love. Here today to discuss all things wedding vows is the vow whisperer herself, Tanya Pushkin. Hi, Tanya. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. And anytime I can discuss vows, I'm a pig in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. I had a feeling you were going somewhere else with that. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. I'm not very PC, and sometimes I have a truck driver mouth. I almost went there. That's how I start the podcast. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You're being authentic to yourself, which is what it's all about. Exactly. 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 Well, I'm going to give you a quick intro so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Tanya was born and raised in Brussels, Belgium, to an American-born musical conductor and German-Belgian painter. Upon moving to the USA, she was soon accepted to the Juilliard School Drama Division, and immediately upon graduation, she was cast as Mozart's wife in Amadeus on Broadway. After a successful 10-year career on the stage and screen and the birth of two children, she changed paths entirely and joined the corporate world with leading roles at LVMH, Sephora, L'Oreal, Barnes & Noble, Clarins, just to name a few. You know, we've heard of these before. From being a cultural director to running public relations and corporate philanthropy departments for luxury brands, she was fortunate to work with Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Eva Mendes, John Legend, and more. She never let go of her acting chops and kept actively using the skills to coach leaders on public speaking and presentations, which led perfectly into coaching couples through their wedding vow process. And her own wedding was what prompted her to become a professional wedding vow whisperer. She and her husband performed their self-crafted ceremony, love that term, by the way, and their own written vows. And the feedback was so incredible that she decided to help other couples create their dream wedding ceremonies professionally. And we're so glad that you did. So 
we're excited to have you. Great intro. Thank you. <laughs> You've done your research. <laughs> we're so excited to have you here and talk about this because, I mean, obviously the ceremony is the main event of the wedding, right? People get really caught up in like the details of how things look at the reception and the party and all of that. But the true meaning of the day is that ceremony and the vows are the hallmark of that. And unfortunately, the ceremony is very often the afterthought. It's the last thing that people think about it. You know, you, it's your flowers and your dress and your venue and the DJ and, oh, oh my God, our ceremony. It should be the priority. It is why everyone is there. They want to witness those 20 or 30 minutes of magic. And I really do believe it's what they will remember more than anything else, than the first appetizer, than the music, than all of that. It's The magic that was created at that ceremony is what's going to stick in everyone's minds for as long as they think about the wedding, you know, or however it comes back up in memories. And I think for the couple also, it's what they're going to remember the most. I totally agree. It's it's really the moments I feel like that really stand the test of time and like really make an impression and leave a mark that lasts for years to come. Yeah. And so now that we've built it up, because it is so beautiful, right? So I do think that there's a bit of pressure there. A lot of couples probably feel like, where do I start? You Mm -hmm. know, if you're not somebody who feels particularly confident in their words, who does a lot of public speaking, this might be a really scary thing to do, which is why, you know, I think along with it being a bit of an afterthought, I think we should be real about that. I think it is. But I think along with that, the pressure involved, it's like couples are scared to write their own vows. It's so easy to just default to these words that other people have already said, which if those words are meaningful to you, then that's great. But the level to which you can get to such an incredible moment, you know, with between you and your partner, just by using your words is really so beautiful. So why do you think that most couples are afraid of crafting their own vows? There's several reasons. One is uh, the fear of public speaking is huge. You know that that supersedes the fear of drowning, the fear of being caught in a fire, the fear of being in an accident. The number one fear people have is public speaking. It's unbelievable. So that is probably the main reason. And there's so much online about how to write your vows that if you look at that, you go, oh my God, there's just no, there's too much. I, I can't, I can't spend months reading about how to do this. It's overwhelming and it's inundating and Let's just stick to the usual vows and say, yes, I do. So the part that I take away from these couples is the stress. And I hold their hands from the very beginning, from the moment they decide they want to write their vows, up until sometimes right a few minutes before their vows, before the ceremony rather, when we'll do a quick FaceTime and just do one last rehearsal of the vows to give them that extra boost. It's really, um, it's a stress-free, and I say stress-free because we start ahead of time. We don't do it the night before, which a lot of people do. (laughs) We do not do the night before. Of course, I've had couples come to me a week before, and we'll pull it off. It's not the ideal situation, but starting two months before, so we really have the time. The first meeting with a couple is a very short meeting. It's simply to decide the vibe, the length of the vows, 
how much humor, how much spirituality, how much seriousness, the parameters that we want to achieve for the vows. And then I make them promise and swear over their first child, if they're going to have one, that they will never, ever, ever discuss these vows together again, because it really should be top secret. So once we've made that promise to each other, then I work with them individually. And then basically it's a brain dump. I ask them so many questions and I want them to spend about three or four months answering my questions. And the reason being is that I want them to find unplugged, quiet time because it's really about going back inside to those memories, those feelings. When did you know for sure that he was the one? What did it feel like when you first locked eyes, when you first met? What were some of the most amazing experiences you've had? What are some of the obstacles you've overcome together as a couple to make you stronger, to get you to where you are here? All of these very deep, thought-provoking questions that you can't just answer like sitting down, boom, 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 boom. You know, you sit down, you write, a couple of days later, you think about, oh yeah, that too. You come back, you add to it. You know, the question is, why do I want to marry you? You can't just answer that in one sitting. You know, you're driving one day and you go, oh my God, yeah, he just did this for me. That's another reason I want to marry him. So you just keep coming back. And that's why I ask people to really give it time to answer those questions. Then it's the next part. It's the public speaking part. And that's where we start to practice. First, I coach them or I give them tips and tricks on how to practice on their own, which they should do. And then practicing with me, you know, which is maybe 10 minutes one day, 10 minutes another day. It's really a quick thing. And in those practice sessions, we work on how not to mumble, how to make eye contact instead of just reading straight from the book and never looking up, how men have a wonderful habit of swaying when they speak. Or, you know, sometimes a woman will twirl her hair. They do all kinds of things. They have no idea how they present themselves. And so we work on that because I believe, and I think you might agree with me, that the ceremony has become a performance. It's a very real performance, but when you think about it, it's the entrance the bride makes. It's a performance. It's a piece of theater we're watching. And your vows should be presented as beautifully as possibly. They should be memorable, poignant, clear. And the other thing is you can write beautiful words, but if you sound like you're flatlining, monotone, no one's going to care. So I am about, you know, making those vows animated and learning how to wait for a pause. And my goal is for guests to walk away saying, oh my God, that was them. They showed us who they were and that was perfect. And with the ceremony as well, it should be a reflection of who they are as a couple and who they are as individuals. I've rambled. No, you're fine. This is all so beautiful. I mean, you hit on so many of the questions I was going to ask in terms of how long before should you start? And I love that you flat out said three to four months is probably a good idea. I'm imagining that you can have like a little notebook or a little journal. And anytime you have these like waves of inspiration of things that you might want to include, 
you should add. You know, we did an episode last season about speeches. Like if you're not Mm. the couple and you're giving a speech at a wedding and one of the biggest things we mentioned there is start early. And that absolutely applies here. I think you're right that there might be this pressure that people feel of like, if somebody asks me why I'm marrying my soon-to-be partner, I should be able to answer right away and it should be like on the tip of my tongue. And I think we should demystify that a bit and just, you know, emotions and, and things like that are not going to be just right there for you, which is why crafting these words, writing a lot down, doing a brain dump, as you said, is so important because it's too much for you to put that pressure on yourself to be like, oh, if I'm marrying this person, I have to be able to just like rattle off a whole list of reasons why, you know, at at the drop of a hat. That's just not realistic. Right. I listened to the speeches podcast that you did. Uh Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. I loved what you were saying too. It's almost like a an exercise in mindfulness. Like I'm personally trying to get a little bit more into that as well and taking more time to journal and process feelings and things like that. And I think it's a beautiful exercise to do in relation to, you know, writing your vows and starting to kind of like unpack those things. Why do I love this person? Like, what are the things that have really stood out to me about them throughout our relationship? How have they shown up for me throughout our time together and things like that, that'll really help you draw from those emotions and those real moments that you shared together and incorporate them in your vows. And for whatever reason, to me, it just struck me that it was it was almost like a intentional moment of pausing, which so often we don't take the time to do these days, right? And really sitting with those thoughts and emotions. Something that every single person has come away from this exercise is that you know, some people have said it's a revelation. Others have said this reconfirmed, it reassured, I am so ready to marry this person. And had I not gone back in time and gone back deep into my heart and my feelings, and especially men, because they don't express themselves the way we do. And this really forces them to dig very deeply inside. And something else that I have found that it is atypical. It's so against the stereotype, but in the end, men are more expressive than women. Really? Yes. I have found that across the board and I keep asking not only myself, but I ask friends, I ask other clients, why is that? And my theory is, is that because us women, we're like, we're open books. We we chatter and chatter. We tell each other everything. Men don't do that. Men don't have those kinds of deep friendships that we typically have. And this working with me where I am, like I dig so deep inside and I just keep probing and probing. And what about this? And what do you mean she's so generous? Give me an example. And what do you mean this? And what do you mean that? And they become a faucet because nobody else does that with them. Here's your chance to express it all. And also their expressiveness is so beautiful. So I'm blown away by some of these guys' vows. It's incredible. It's not what you would think. I love, I mean, personally, I'm a sucker for seeing a guy cry at a wedding, but also really hearing them speak from the heart, because like you said, it does feel rare, which might sound like a stereotype, but you know, it's just kind of societally, like how, how men are, I think. And so, yeah, giving them that space and that opportunity and like coaching and guiding them through that, I'm sure is super, super helpful because like I said, like all of us probably could use that intentional time to sit down and like unpack those feelings. Yes. Yeah. And what a powerful gift that you're giving your partner, like on that day. I mean, that just gives like a whole nother level to 
being like, like standing together up in front of the people that you love or not, maybe it's just the two of you and an officiant, but like it grounds you so much to be able to experience that from the person that you love and to like enter into this new chapter of your life by doing this. I think that's awesome. I love also how much you emphasized keeping them secret so that they're not sharing with each other before because that wow factor of hearing it for the first time, I think you can't replace that. But I do wonder, do you suggest that people talk about it with other people that know both of the partners? Is it bad to rehearse this maybe for a group of friends or to get their input? Do you think that kind of is not as helpful? So let's say the bride says to a couple of her bridesmaids, hey, will you guys listen to my vows? Is that what you mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah, sure. Why not get input? Of course. Yeah, I love that because I think along with the pressure of just writing something eloquent and beautiful and amazing, there is this pressure of nobody else should hear it before. It should be this amazing thing for everybody. And that is where we can differentiate this idea of performance at a wedding. The more you take that pressure off of yourself of like, well, now not only do I have to surprise my spouse, but also everybody else sitting there, that makes it 10 times harder. So if you do allow yourself to get input from people that will also be there, maybe they're standing right next to you, then you are taking that level, just one step off of having to be performing rather than just being. I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's a great suggestion running them by people who know you very well can give you extra insight and feedback into it. And maybe they might be able to give you feedback about like, oh, I think this might land a little bit better if you say it this way, or, you know, Mm -hmm. having that, that external feedback from people who know you very well, I'm sure is very helpful. Absolutely. Speaking of writing your own wedding vows, an important one to add is I vow to never make you sleep on a crummy mattress. We spend a third of our lives in bed, and you and your partner deserve to get the best night's sleep every night. Treat yourselves right with a purple mattress. The purple gel flex grid is everything memory foam wants to be. Its temperature neutral material instantly flexes to your every move, perfectly adapting to support your body. Why register for fine china dinnerware that you'll never use when you can put a purple mattress on your wedding registry? Visit thebudgetsavvybride.com purple for a special offer just for listeners of the Bouquet Toss podcast. So we took a really deep dive into these like beautiful, heartfelt, heavy vows, right? And you had mentioned early on, humor is also something that is great to put in. And I'm curious what you would say, like if you are trying to go for that comedic value, What should you include in your vows? How do you get there? Because there's definitely a line between inside jokes that maybe other people don't need to be brought into. um, Or don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. What would you say about that? I usually say definitely do not do the inside jokes because it puts the guests in an awkward situation because like, wow, what are they talking about? (laughs) Or, Or it's TMI or you can mention something really cute and funny. In the promises that we work on, I always say, give me four serious promises and two funny ones. Now, there are couples where one of the two is just a really giddy, silly, funny person, and everything they say is hysterical, and I've got to rein that in, Mm -hmm. because it's also my job to balance. 
That's such a good point too. And depending on, you know, if they're working with someone like you who helps them with the vows specifically, or even just your efficient in general, running those different sets of vows by somebody else, if you're not sharing them with each other before the wedding so that you can make sure that there's a balance and that there's not just like one that's really out there and and very funny. And the other one's like super, super serious because that could lead to like an awkward um, moment, I think, if the tone doesn't match. Yeah, the tone has to match. Yes. Yeah, super important. So for anybody who might be feeling a little bit, you know, nervous for those people who might, you know, not be super comfortable with public speaking, like what would be some basic tips that you would give them to feel more comfortable in doing that on their wedding day? There's one thing that I think is the most important thing, and that is practice. But important to know not to read the vows to yourselves, to practice out loud. Reading to yourself is not going to do anything. Reading out loud over and over and over again. The idea is you want to familiarize yourself with your vows as much as possible. You don't want to memorize, but the more familiar you become with what you're going to say, the less nervous you're going to become. At least two to three weeks before the wedding, practice two or three times a day outside. Go outside, talk to the trees, I don't know, whatever, but practice. And that's public speaking in any circumstance. If you're giving a PowerPoint presentation in front of a thousand people, practice. That's it. And the more that you can just breathe through it, the more that you can take a moment to really inhale and exhale, that will help you deliver any of the public speaking words that you need to. Absolutely. Such good advice. So we always love to talk about things we'd keep and things we'd toss. I would love to pose to you if there was something very specific that you're like, you must keep this in your vows, what would it be? Why am I marrying you? Awesome. What are some like good reasons that you've heard from couples where that's concerned? I love when couples just give me lists of all the reasons why they want to marry this other person and all the things that they love about this other person. It's all different. That is really the most important question. That's why we're there. It's like we're watching you two people make a commitment for life. Why are you marrying each other? Why do you love each other so much? What are the qualities that you love about each other? And I think that that's a must. The other thing that I think is also really important to keep in the vows is how have you made me a better person? What have you done to change my view of the world? What have you done to help me become a better person? That's an important part. That is beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so now let's go the other way. If you had to pick one thing to toss, what would you toss from your vows? It's again, it's a TMI. Don't talk about your sex life. I had one one couple do that. That was beyond embarrassing. For the parents in the front row, I'm sure. Oh my God. (laughs) No, we, we, we cut that before we got there. Okay, <laughs> okay good. good. Yeah, so yeah. I think that we can confidently say that we want to keep personalized vows and toss the canned traditional wording. Jess, if I put you on the spot, would you be able to recite what it is? Oh, that's a good question. The movie version? Right. The not real version? Like my wedded oh. husband or whatever. To have and to hold. Richer for poor. Close. Or- As long as we both shall live or something like that. This is what I got as the version. (laughs) This is our fun wedding fact. So I take the 
to be my wedded wife slash husband, to have and to hold from this day forward for better, Ah. for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death to his heart. And then this, I don't know that a lot of people do, but according to God's holy ordinance and thereto, I pledge thee my faith, which obviously would be religious religious ceremony. Ceremony, yeah. But yeah, I mean, even just like reading it like that, it's so funny because it's like we all pretty much know it, right? We've heard it. And so I do think there's a version of this where it's powerful to be able to be like, oh, this is my moment to say those words. But really going deeper and like making it so much more personal to you, that's next level. And it's one of those things we always talk about, you know, making these savvy decisions for your wedding and taking the time to just do this, like, as you said, just like this pause, this internal mindfulness kind of exploration in order to have vows that you can create yourself and then say on your wedding day, that is one of those things that like, there's no price tag on it, but that gives so much wow factor. So like, talk about making a savvy decision, investing in in this is such a great way to make your wedding that much more memorable, beautiful, personalized. Mm -hmm. And again, that doesn't hurt your purse, right? That's something that like really, you know, what a beautiful thing, then maybe you get them typed up and print them out after and you have them forever to, you know, maybe it's like you put them on your wall somewhere or that's a great gift to give your spouse is to get them printed and give them like a written copy. First wedding anniversary traditional gift is paper. So there you go. Oh, did not <laughs> know that. There you go. Great idea. Get those personalized wedding vows printed and hang them in your bedroom as wall art. That's so beautiful. So meaningful. Either a calligraphied version or something beautiful to hang and frame and more and more couples are writing their own vows and I think they want to break the rules. They don't want to do what their parents did before. They don't want to repeat this kind of boring ceremony. It's now far more individual. I've had couple after couple say, my parents really want us to do this and they really want us to do that, 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 but this is our wedding and we want it to be ours and we're writing our own rules. And included in those rules are we want to write our own vows. And more and more couples are doing that. You know, they're, they're not just the vows that you're saying to each other on that day. They're meant to be carried out and lived throughout your marriage together. And so I couldn't think of anything more worthy of investing your time in. Yeah, I have to say, that's what I look forward to the most when I go to a wedding. You know, like, I'm not worried if they're going to have a shrimp station. I'm like, I want to hear their vows. Like, that's the exciting part. And that's also the part that brings everybody else into the ceremony. You know, unless you're doing one of those things where you're passing around your rings, you're doing something that's like very interactive for the people Mm -hmm. there. It's often a little bit isolating for people to be just like sitting and watching this thing happen. A lot of times based on the acoustics of the space, you might not even be able to hear what's going on. So really making it a point to have this be something that is shared. This really helps people get into that celebratory place where they're like, oh, I love love and I love their love. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And as Jess was saying, something very important, you're not just writing your vows for your wedding day. You're writing your vows for your marriage for the rest of your lives, you know, and those promises, you've got to promise things that you can really keep. It's setting the foundation for the rest of your life in writing these vows. Absolutely. So thank you so, so much for all of this. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Let our listeners know where they can find you. Very easy. Um, Thevowwhisper.com, Instagram, Thevowwhisper, 
email Tanya at the Val Whisper. Couldn't be easier. Amazing. Exactly. It's been a pleasure. Thank you both. I love talking about this and I love how much you really understand and em- embrace what I do. Right back at you. We feel the same way. <laughs> Thank you. 100%. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss, the podcast dedicated to uncovering where wedding trends and traditions come from so that you can plan your wedding your way. We're continuing the discussion in our private community. Join our supportive group of brides-to-be by heading to thebudgetsavvybride.com slash community. Now it's your turn to catch the bouquet as we toss it over to you to rate and review on your favorite podcast app. As always, stay true to you, and we look forward to chatting again soon.